Hello and welcome to the Tuesday episode of the 905er podcast with me, Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. And this week we're welcoming back um, for the third, fourth time, fourth time, Alan, I think. Uh, Alan Can, our um, friend, um, frequent frequent visitor from uh, the Muni, Muni Poly Matters um, website, munipolymatters.substack.com, if you want to check that out, um, to talk about all the latest from across the region uh, as we get down to the last few weeks of the municipal election campaigns um, just to discuss what's going on across the region, pick out a few of the more interesting stories that are flying around at the moment and uh, see where we are as we uh, as the kind of uh, picture emerges of, of where the most interesting races appear to be happening. Uh, welcome, Alan. Oh, thank you, Roland. I'm very glad to be here once again. Yeah, so, I mean, I know you're busy in all kinds of ways at the moment um but um what are the what are the stories that have sort of grabbed your attention uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks yeah so uh, by the time we're recording this we're about three we are exactly three weeks before the election on october 24th you know municipally across ontario and um from my area i guess in mainly peel region uh i noticed that in brampton it seems to be just a number of just really um, wacky things happening, to be honest. I went to the uh, campaign launch of uh, Brampton mayoral candidate Nikki Kaur that happened, I think, uh, just a few weeks ago, back in late September. This was actually uh, originally scheduled to be cut earlier, but it was postponed on account of the campaign office having a car crash into it a few weeks ago. Um, oh, lead, leading to dear. leading to campaign manager Nick Kovalis making accusations that it was somehow Patrick Brown um, um, causing it, and um, which I believe the mayor has vehemently denied, and led to criticisms of Miss um, Core using, I guess, s- some aspect of sexism or also in politics to uh, blame some blame her main competitor. But what I noticed was it was funny because her office is actually located in an old uh, TD Bank branch building. So when I went in there, it was basically, it used to be a bank. Um, The space looked like it could only fit about 50 people. Uh, I believe uh, by the time the event was at at, um, over or at its peak, it was like 500 people and counting, streaming in and out. I almost felt claustrophobic trying to um, find a spot to stand. And uh, she had, um, she had a podium right by the customer service uh, desk that's in front of uh, every branch te- uh, bank branch. So it's almost like, metaphorically speaking, uh, I, Nikki Kaur, am serving you, the people of Brampton. <laughs> and uh, she got um, an opening speech uh, endorsed by uh, former Brampton Mayor Linda Jeffrey. And she went into a speech uh, talking about uh, something interesting about how Patrick Brown is apparently using uh, City Hall um, of uh, uh, financial resources to uh, as part of a lawsuit of some kind and uh, I was told by a local lawyer that I was with at the time that oh I don't think that's been publicly revealed yet so uh, I'm not oh. sure why she's saying this stuff out loud but uh-huh. in, in any event if uh, if you can fit about 500 people into a space like that there must be some attention being drawn to your campaign whether well whether a good chunk of those people are, were like uh, spies from other campaigns or not, but it. Uh, well, I mean, but Nikki uh, Carr is the, the the biggest threat to 
Patrick Brown's reelection, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, she, the fact that you, you have Nick Kubalis uh, chairing her campaign is a pretty big uh, get on her behalf. I mean, he, he's no small potatoes in terms of uh, political uh, uh, operatives in, in the province. So, you know, all in all, like, it, 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 does she have a does she have momentum behind her to, cause I mean, right now everyone's saying Patrick Brown's walking into a reelection handedly. Does she have momentum to possibly change that narrative in the next, uh, next three weeks? She, the campaign did look like as though it was very organized and um, they were, there were people going around during the launch event to sign you up for signs, sign you up to volunteer. I have seen pictures of her teams have gone out of uh, canvassing before. And um, if you got like, well, okay, anytime you can get former Mayor Linda Jeffrey and former Brampton Councillor Elaine Moore, who were butting heads with each other during their time on council, to be in the same room to endorse uh, Nikki Kaur, then uh, something must be said. Other than that, um, it's, uh, it, it remains to be seen. I still think uh, uh, Mayor Browns is still uh, the, the odds-on favorite. I mean, it's his to lose at this point. Um, what I did notice was a very funny controversy that sort of erupted online just this past week. Uh, apparently, about 100 of Nikki Kors' signs were misspelled. So the word Brampton was spelled without the P in the middle. So it came off as spelled B-R-A-M-T-O-N. And there was some flack being made by former liberal strategist Warren Kinsella about, um, hey, if this lady wants to be mayor, she can't even spell Brampton correctly. And then led to other people making charges that, you know, with all these like crazy controversies and serious allegations leveled against the incumbent mayor, and all you can focus on is a spelling mistake. I don't know where your priorities are. I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it, it's, it's just it's, one of those side uh, stories that are just ridiculous. It's a side story that can define your campaign. And I mean, I remember, um, was it the NDP election? I can't it was back in 2014 or something, and they just had a kind of unfortunate um graphic design on their bus or something and it you know it and obviously it doesn't tell you anything about the candidates or the campaign it just but it can set a tone um uh and i mean it's amateur hour isn't it if you're i mean i mean when i had lawn science designed i mean you had one design it got sent to the people they printed it i don't see how a hundred could ever lose the p <laughs> It's it's kind of a weird thing. It's like these are these are done from, uh, you know, I a have, single I image. Also, but... I also have to wonder whether that is a common mistake, especially with the demographic of Brampton. You know, with English not being the first language of a good chunk yeah. of their uh, citizens as, and residents, then maybe it's a very it's a common spelling error. But it's, it could be just yeah. it's. I would say it's a it's an honest mistake. I mean, it's only a hundred signs. Uh, I believe Kovalis did text out that he he was going to get it fixed. Immediately, they were being recalled. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, but, I mean, it, but there is, it, it, it's it, silly it, season. But stuff. here's the thing: it, 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 you're going for the top job in, you know, in in your pond, right? Like, you're if you're going, you want to say, I'm, I'm ready for prime time, so to speak. And it's little stuff like this. It, it's not going to make or break your campaign, and this is going to sink it. But it does make people say, come on, like if you're gonna if you're gonna miss, if you can't even spell the city. That you want to be the mayor of, you know how 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 serious am I going to take it? Think of it this way: if if you had in your resume, right, to a prospective employer, no matter how great you were, 
no matter how, how much experience, no matter how much expertise you had underneath your belt, if you misspelled the name of the company that you're trying to work for, I guarantee you that job, that application is going right in the shredder. So there, there is something to be said here. Like guys, if you're going to run, get your act together, spell check. Although I would say if I can offer some free advice to a campaign uh, strategist who are listening, maybe it's a way to spin it. You are trying to get the, the P AKA Patrick out of Brampton. So that's see that you got, you know, Al, you got to keep these ideas to yourself. This is like PR gold here. <laughs> this, is, this is crisis management 101. I, maybe I'm just putting it out in the universe out there for future uh, uh, career opportunities. <laughs> well, and on the basis that all publicity is good publicity, um, a whole bunch of people now know Nikki Carr's name who did not know it before. Yeah. Um, not the best way to get the publicity outside Brampton that you would like. I, I mean, ultimately, it's absolutely correct that that. You know the allegations against Patrick Brown, you know, including you know apparently ones that haven't even become publicly public knowledge yet, are so constant uh, that you know he has far more questions to answer than than, than she does. Uh, but it, you know, it, it does seem a bit like you know she's the default can you know given people are supporting her because what what other option do we have? You know, um, uh, like you say, I mean. I mean, sure, Nick Kuvalis is is a big name in terms of having someone not, uh, to manage your campaign, but is he managing it because he thinks she's going to win, or is he managing it because she's willing to pay the money? Um, no, that's the question I'd maybe ask. I'm not yeah. sure. That's a good question, and I'm going to leave that to uh, other people to think about. <laughs> it certainly seems like a conservative running against a conservative, and the Jeffrey, obviously... Is picking the the lesser of two evils, maybe I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I was wondering if I could just bring up one minor, other minor point about Brampton. Um, there is a counselor here that's been accused of uh, sexual assault uh, by a woman during a trade mission to Turkey, and the story is apparently this woman told her, him seventy four no's, seventy four times no, don't do this to me, and apparently he did not listen to her. Uh, so there's been a group out here called Seventy Four No's. And they were planning to protest outside Dylan's uh, campaign office during his campaign launch. Uh, coincidentally, Mr. Dylan announced he had caught COVID and he had to isolate in this house. But that didn't stop the protest from uh, happening. This protest basically wielded a truck that was reading, that was had an automated voice rereading the headlines about the allegations in English and Punjabi. And they had people protesting with signs in both languages. And get this, along with two people dressed as pigs, because the, oh the, the allegation is that Mr. Dylan is that sort of animal for having done this. There was even a poster that was uh, drawn to, uh, the, to um, basically make Counselor Dylan look like a pig. And I thought that was uh, maybe uh, crossing the line a little bit too far. But uh, uh, I don't know. It, it, that was a I, that's what I meant when I said things are getting a little crazy up there. <laughs> it, it's really, Brampton is a city unto itself. I mean, it really is different. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just different from, from the other cities in the region uh, and, and not in a good way, it seems to me. I mean, in the, you know, the history of their recent mayors is a cataclysm of disaster. Uh, Linda Jeffrey was the, was the brief island of 
sanity where there wasn't a scandal associated with her, unless I missed it. I don't think there was a scandal associated with her mayority. Um, but the previous two, I think there was, uh, you know, very serious scandals as well, like not little stuff. And then we have Patrick Brown and, uh, I mean, my goodness, it's, it, it's not a good situation. Uh, and it, I mean, it speaks to, it speaks to the inability of, uh, the provincial government and the and the powers which are meant to be oversee the way that our cities run to do a decent job of overseeing them uh, and to keep really pretty shady stuff out of um, out of the mainstream. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's it's not a good scene there, um, and it doesn't look like it's going to come to an end anytime soon, unless I'm very mistaken. I just wonder, you know, is it, is this is my my editorial is, but is Brampton kind of the city? Is a city that just doesn't take its politics seriously, you know? Like, is a city that it, it's bought into the idea, like your, you know, the municipalities. It doesn't matter um, who who runs the city, or 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 is this just all all I, you know, personalities? I, I have I have a few people I know that uh, used to live in Brampton, and they told me they've already moved out because they just don't see the opportunities, and they've sort of really given up uh, on Brampton. It just, it, it's very sad because uh, I remember back in around 2014 or 2015, there was a special council meeting at the Rose Theater to uh, discuss the uh, uh, here Ontario LRT alignment. Mm -hmm. And now that meeting, that was the council that voted to not accept the provincial funding that was 100% funded by the province and instead you just cancel it and just keep the, keep the LRT stopped at Steeles Avenue because, and then not go into downtown. And basically, there were young people in the audience at the time saying, if you like do this, we're going to have to move out. And then there were people shouting at them back saying, good, leave. And guess what? Those kids are leaving. So Which, you the, know, it seems like the, nim, the, the quote unquote NIMBY crowd got what they wanted. And frankly, it's really hard it, to see it, where the light is at the end of the But tunnel. again, like you can't, you can't have like honest discussions about policy. Like you, you want to talk about LRT a good public transit you know what what is it what is a region public transit uh, going to look like and when you have brampton and mississauga which literally are brushing up against the earth, like they are literally touching each other to say well let's integrate our transit system so that it's easier for people to move from one one system to another a, a truly regional system you know to 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 not have that leadership appear at the municipal level to say, listen, we, we need to think differently if we want our, our city to survive into the next generation. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's really, it's just a real shame that, you know, that, that vital public debate didn't, uh, didn't materialize how, how it should have been with an yeah. honest discussion. And I, I mean, I wonder if it's not so much that the, the city is not interested in its politics, but that, I think patronage is very strong in a, in a city like Brampton with, with, with you know, high immigrant rates, with very cohesive, well-organized, well-organized in the best sense of the word, uh, uh, community groups, ethnic groups, whatever, uh, where you know, the leadership of those groups is very influential. Again, nothing wrong with that. Do not misunderstand what I'm saying here. Uh, nothing wrong with that in theory, but uh, that can kind of swing blocks of voters behind people who make promises in dark rooms. You know, I mean, it, it, 
you know, we're not saying it happens, but I mean, you know, to an extent, this is the history of Hamilton too, that the, the, you know, Italian or Portuguese or Croatian communities uh, will, will kind of vote as a block to, uh, to an extent. Um, and, you know, that can be a very good thing or it can be a negative thing. And I, I know, you know, Patrick Brown has been the, the, the kind of master of, there's a, di there's a difference of, between of working those communities. But there's a difference between an ethnic community um, looking out for its own interests. Um, and there's another, and there is something we said about politicians that exploit that interest. Um, Cause there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with a, with a, a group of people no, saying, listen, this is the concern for our community. We want, we want opportunities and whatnot, but there is something to be said about a politician that instead of saying, we're going to, you know, let's talk about integration into the Canadian dream. Let's, 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 let's work on that pathway for your community to, enter into the, the society, so to speak, to just kind of exploit that and say, let's, let's keep you as a block. You're, you're no, you're no more good to me than you are just as a voting block or a space of, of financial support than say, yes, you have a, a large number of immigrants uh, moving into to Brampton, you know, how, how to help them and achieve that entrepreneurial spirit and that entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial drive to create not, you know, not just small, businesses, but thriving business, national businesses, you know, businesses that, that go, uh, you know, global based out of Brampton, where's, where's that champion uh, at the municipal level? Cause right now all I'm seeing is uh, our campaigns that like to go to the temples or to a mosque or to uh, uh, churches and cozy up to whatever ethnicity I'm, I'm visiting this week and ask for your support. And then next week, well, I, as long as you, well, after the election, that's all I need you for. And there's just something really short-sighted about that. And, and that I, I, I worry about that kind of politics taking root in a city like, uh, like Brampton or any city in the 905. I mean, is this a justify, justified accusation, Alan? Do you think we're, it, it's, it's way off base? I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell. I mean, uh, it's not like um, what's been going on in Brampton the last four years, uh, but I feel like Patrick Brown and the controversy surrounding him, the hiring practices, uh, the accusations by Nikki Kaur when she was the whistleblower have become a really big distraction. Um, but there's there's actually interesting, there's a third candidate named Bob Dosanjh Singh, and he might be trending, not because he's really picking up traction in the polls, but because he's, a, he's an older gentleman, but he's using TikTok as a platform to get out messages on a daily basis. It's, it's nothing fancy. He just stands in front of the camera and he just talks to you. He's telling you, Brampton, and Brampton this, Brampton that. And he's making connections between both Brown and Core as almost like he's saying they're two sides of the same coin and he flips a coin and he's saying like that. He's using like physical objects as a, as a way of supporting his arguments. There's also, he also made a video about uh, the, the weird uh, controversy when Patrick Brown uh, had a hockey rink arena open so uh, some of his uh, friends could play hockey in, in there and he and Mr. Singh dressed up in like a hockey jersey complete with the gear <laughs> just in the video and it's like some of my younger friends would tell me I'm voting for Uncle Bob because this is hilarious so it so, reminds me of that uh, there was a book the, the book that came out a few years ago I can't, I can't remember what it's called now but it's about like a sort of some an eccentric kind of political campaign that ended up winning the day I mean it was fiction um 
That sounds episode. like a, that sounds like an episode of Black Mirror when there was like a cartoon character. <laughs> no, I, I know what you're talking about. Well, you talk about the book Best Laid Plans. Best Laid Plans. Fox. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you, if you haven't read it, go read it, folks. It's hilarious. Uh, Written before TikTok existed, but but and, and but it's, it's similar. Pretty much, it's some pretty much similar, how politics uh, works. <laughs> but oh, with the exception that the the outsiders generally do not win, but um, but that kind of sounds phenomenal and certainly the point about two sides of the same coin i mean from my limited knowledge of this campaign <laughs> the two leading candidates seem like two sides of the same coin to me i have to say um i mean it doesn't mean that this gentleman is is an excellent choice i don't choice. know, I, don't he, know he, but... he, I mean i don't know he has he's making these videos he does talk about actual policies so going back to your point joel that uh, nobody's really talking about policies talk about how there's a backlog in uh, infrastructure uh construction because of permits are not being approved on time that sort of thing uh he's actually putting a hard hat on over his turban so it's like i don't know if he's illustrating a point so mm -hmm. uh, as as i said before the guy's using like i mean he's dressing up and i think he's like trying to use uh tiktoks uh, surprisingly to good effect i would say um but well apparently just, we yeah. have a tiktok account so so joe can you go and look at this for me <laughs> I, I actually i <laughs> Actually, I have. I think I have come across the, the way you describe it. I'm pretty sure I have. And in, in scrolling, it, you know what? It, it, it be. I would love to see just like that third party come come from nowhere. That Cinderella story, like come out of nowhere and just right, come right at the middle and just be that that third option for people. Because you, you know, it, I, I get the feeling that you know policy takes a back seat or just good, well thought out debate in terms of well, we don't have to talk about decent infrastructure we don't have to talk about a, a good transit plan or affordable housing when all i need to do is just go it's personality against personality and i just need to go shop around to get my my group out and convince this group out and, and then you know that that turns off people because there are people i'm sure in brampton who are saying i want good plans for my city i want i want to know like what well, in five four years what's what's my city going to look like or how's my city going to be better um, and it's something that, you know, we've, we've kind of rarely seen in any municipal election at this, in this year, that really deep, interesting ideas or new ideas, uh, coming forward. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe this is the, the, the shot in the arm the race needs, but who knows? Well, let's take a break there. And, um, when we come back, we've got a couple more, uh, stories to look at across the region and another one from Brampton, in fact, but, um, uh, yeah, let's take a break here and we'll be back shortly. And we're back. And Alan, another issue you've been looking at in, in Brampton is um, the joint slates issue, which is, yeah, kind of an interesting thing. Um, well, explain to listeners what, what joint slates are. So this is where I get a little bit wonky here um, in terms of, uh, so councils, like they're, they have different ways of uh, electing their members of council, where if you're in Mississauga or Roland, like if you're in Burlington, uh, the person you vote for in council serves as both uh, the city and the regional councilor. So regional is automatic. Same thing in Mississauga. In Brampton, it's not the same. Uh, Brampton does have 10 wards, but each ward is paired off as one electoral area, so like a riding. So the candidate that runs for city council and regional council, they both campaign in both those areas. And in effect, it's two wards, and you could say each each ward gets a councillor, but it's not really. They both have to represent the same area, but one sits on the, just the city council, and then the other one sits on the city and the Peel Regional Council. I know it's very 
convoluted. I have like my own thoughts about how they should reform the system, but that's another topic altogether. Currently, there are two counselors that were elected as a part of a slate. Uh, there are two of Patrick Brown's more uh, ardent supporters, uh, Councillor Rowena Santos and Councillor Paul Vincente. Uh, Santos is the city councillor and Vincente is running as a regional councillor. So there, so if you go to their website, they actually have uh, um, a website that is one for Rowena and then you have a link that can redirect you to Paul Vincente's website. But they basically run on the same platform and they did this four years ago to great success because they both got elected and they're doing it again. I noticed another two candidates are running in uh, an, uh, adjacent wards uh, in three and four. Uh, there's a woman named Andrea Barrett. And apparently a, a photo of her sign I saw has the name of a city council candidate by the name of Carla Green. So um, Andrea Barrett, she is a former NDP candidate and uh, she came out in a press conference essentially, essentially backing up um, or, or being supported, I would say, by Patrick Brown, because uh, Andrea Barrett at the time was um, uh, making comments about the Gurpreet Dillon sexual harassment uh, situation. Uh, just for our listeners, uh, Gurpreet Dillon was one of the counselors that, were, that was voting uh, to uh, fire the CAO that Patrick Brown had hired earlier this year. Uh, so it's almost like you can, I can see sort of factions kind of just forming, but I'm also seeing this issue like, or, or this sort of trend where there are candidates who realize, hey, if we're both running in the same area, but one of us regional, one of us a city, maybe I can find somebody like-minded that, that believes in the same things I do and sort of run as a team. So you're not necessarily running a municipal political party. You're just confining that sort of dynamic in one geographic area. And just to conclude, I noticed that Oakville could do the same thing because each ward elects a town and regional councillor, but I don't see that happen a lot because either a lot of them are getting just acclaimed so they didn't need to campaign at all, or maybe that idea hasn't percolated there yet. So it's just something I personally noticed that was interesting to me. It's certainly, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, regional people running for regional council have a problem kind of getting noticed. Now, in these councils, the regional the regional councillor also sits on the local council. Is that right? So they they still yeah. So they still sit on two councils, but one has. The, yes, one. It's they, kind one, of like they used to have. Also um, sit on regional council and PO, and they yeah. are compensated financially for that. Right. And in Burlington, we used, it used to be somewhat similar in that there were older so-called aldermen, um, who were the kind of junior junior level of councillors, and they were abolished back in the kind of Mike Harris era. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I tend to think, well, the good side of all this is I tend to think councils, certainly, I think Burlington's council is much too small. Uh, it, there were 14 councils at one point. Now there are seven for a city that is four times bigger than the city that had 14 councillors. It, I think that's absurdly underrepresented, but, um, but that's almost, there's another issue really, but, uh, I don't know, it makes a certain amount of sense um, as far as I can see. It's, a, it's an efficient way to sort of like galvanize uh, support or at least organize your vote because if you, have, if you have two people that can articulate the same kind of platform and, yeah. and you're both running in the same area, why not like combine your resources? Like even just the signs, I mean, if you could put both names on a sign, you can save so much on like just two people, ha two campaigns having separate signs. Yeah. Just use one set of signs. What I wonder is what, why more 
why it's so unusual for you know we wondered whether it might happen in in Hamilton this election that basically a slate of candidates would come forward and say you know we're the new guys vote for us to kick out the old guys now maybe it's kind of partly academic and a lot of the old guys have quit of their own volition um but not all of them um but you wonder why that doesn't happen more and that it seems people seem to be very wary of, of doing that uh, of kind of yeah basically creating a municipal you know a short-term it, municipal party if you like it's I, I i would be curious about that why I, especially a city with a smaller municipal council it, it, you'd think it would be so much easier for six or seven people to say we're you know we're we're the 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 the, the candidates for change and you're right like you could the, the part of the problem i think is like uh, uh funding rules like you can't have one big pot of money mm, yeah, that's paying, good point. It, yeah. paying into their like you can but it's really weird like you'd, you'd have to start looking into a lot of your your money going in and out so i think that's one hiccup but in terms of just aligning your message and maybe um supporting like maybe openly saying we are all of us this the um the the, the change slate the or the 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 slate of the future or whatever you want to call it that could work uh, i mean you can also do you know you could do you could do group fundraisers as well you just have to figure out a way to make it clear this person's paying to this campaign and not that campaign it's it's it, 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 that's where it gets a little i think that's why it gets a little messy also the fact that i would also point out the fact that uh at municipal level i think we've you and i have seen uh it tends to be a bit more amateur hour <laughs> like, like let's, let's be honest i you know like we just we just talked about a, a mayoral candidate misspelling the city she wants to run yeah i mean like, lead. <laughs> it, it it's it it, it it, it is it, it is like you know a, a lot of the time at municipal especially when you're looking for ward councillor seats um it tends to be a bit more amateur hour. like you don't you, you don't have well polished politicians uh you know saying the right things at the right time and doing the right photo ops you just you, you just don't get that and so you don't kind of get that kind of thinking it's like well this is what i gotta do by myself yeah see i i would love to see some kind of civics uh organization lead some kind of municipal campaigning school just something to educate people it's not enough no partisanship involved here um i've had questions of people asking me uh candidates municipally oh what party are you from liberal conservative I'm like no there's no municipal parties at city hall maybe there should be but it's not gonna be like affiliated in that fashion but I'm just saying that there should be some kind of educational program for candidates of all stripes who are interested in running at the municipal level or, or serving in local government to understand what the job they're running for is, is to, what you're supposed to do in that job. Well, I have I, seen, I've seen council candidates campaign years ago that campaigned on stop the sex ed curriculum. Yeah. First of all, that's not in your purview. You can't, there's, even if you get elected, there's nothing you can do about what, it. What you're talking about is honest, an honest to God, uh, revamp of the entire education curriculum to create and make sure that civics is more than just a one one term, you know, a, a one unit in a in a Canadian history class or Canadian civics class. You got to talk. You got to actively encourage civics education from I would argue grade one, definitely all through high school, like nine nine through graduation. Grade nine through graduation, every year is a civics lesson to drive home this is the division of power and this is 
who you elect, and this is how politics work. If you did that, I think you saw, you'd have a lot more reasonableness in our civic our civil discourse because you realize that a people complain about stuff it is who who's hosing you who, who you know when you get I mean this is completely off topic but when you get um, Pierre Poyev yelling at you about housing price you say you don't deal with that. Like yeah, that level of government does not directly deal with that. That's a different level. Why don't you run for that level of government? And if you if that angers you so much, and then you don't get people getting just I'm angry and driving trucks into Ottawa. Um, but I, that's my that's my complete tangent of the moment, and I, I'm going to take that as my sign to uh, to step out of out of this con- this topic of conversation. <laughs> uh, I will just briefly undermine you uh not deliberately i think no i think is is a good idea but uh, that is mike <laughs> yeah yeah i grew up in a country which had no civics education whatsoever and i swear to god people were a hell of a lot better informed about the civic how the civic system worked uh why that is i don't entirely know um, uh yeah but i would argue that led to brexit and uh, well yeah that's true <laughs> yeah um very good point um, well, I think that the, we're running out of time, but we should—you know—we've we've kept the best till last, people. So you'll—you'll be glad that you waited uh, for this third story. Um, and that's just an update on on the on the scene in uh, Hamilton, where uh, last week there were a couple of mayoral debates. Uh, one was attended by th- well, actually, th- there is a fourth candidate who we're not going to talk about because he's a racist right-wing POS. Uh, and we don't need to give him any publicity, but there are three um, candidates who are actual, you know, humans. Uh, and uh, uh, Bob Bertino missed one um, debate because of because he was unwell. I think I can't remember if it was COVID I or something else. I think he said else, he or, had COVID. Yes. Yeah, it seemed to get better within 24 hours, which is odd. But anyway, whatever. Um, the debates were quite fiery, and there was quite a bit of well. I don't know. What do we think? Well, Alan, you, you kick off again. Um, what, what, what's your take on what's on the Hamilton From, scene right yeah, now? Yeah, so first of all, I just want to say I am jealous that local media in Hamilton had or whoever had had the plans to organize mayoral debates and let the public see these people in the public setting and have them talk to each other. That is very uh, beneficial, I think, for, uh, for, the, uh, for the general population who have the vote, especially that it's all on YouTube. You can watch it anytime for each ward also. Um, but what I've seen from some of the clips, it seems that uh, Miss Horvath, who is seen as a front runner, if not outright a leader in the pack in terms of becoming the next mayor of Hamilton, it seems she's still bringing the Queen's Park Andrea to the municipal level and not having uh, evolved or adapted to becoming like the ma- a mayoral person um, instead. She seems, uh, when she was debating with Mr. Loomis, uh, just seems to just keep saying that, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, even to the point, uh, you have you you barely live here, like you just moved here, and, and that, that kind of attitude. And it seems to me Mr. Loomis is becoming be, being more of the reasonable senior statesman quote-unquote in terms of offering ideas and policy and saying you realize whoever gets elected has to work with the Ford government whether you like it or not at this point so um and it, it, it's just funny to me because I remember Doug Ford issuing a press release the day that Andrea announced that she was running for mayor that uh yeah we you know I can I may not agree with her but I admire her passion so best of luck to Andrea it's just makes me wonder like if andrea does get elected 
and she brings her in the style she brings is the same that she had back in when she was a, a provincial politician how well she's going to end up working with a former adversary where you know i would say at this point the person who's presenting himself as a clean slate and a new start like keenan loomis mm-hmm. is probably in a better position now with three weeks left to uh pound that narrative forward than uh, miss horfaf or even mr Bertina. I mean, I think you should say. I mean, like this pod, this podcast doesn't back candidates. We don't support anybody. We we will. I think we've probably been critical of all three of the leading candidates, and the fourth one, like we say, <laughs> not even going to bother talking about him. Um, the but uh, the but yeah, I mean, I, the, the the my impression when Andrea Horvath threw her hat into the ring, I kind of thought it was over. And the more time goes on, the less I'm convinced that's true. And all I can say, that's not partisan. It's not me backing one person. Over another. That's just my gut reaction based on whatever I can pick up. Um, you know, the thing that really didn't go down well um, in the debates was was uh, uh, Andrew Horvath. Um, yeah, uh, picking, you know, not just once, but but multiple times on this issue that, that Keenan Loomis is, is new to Hamilton. Well... He's not that new. Uh, I mean, I can't remember how many years, but it's it's multiple years. Um, and, and I, well, if that kind of thing works, it's the cheapest, lowest form of politics, in my opinion. Um, you you know, it, it doesn't play well with with recent immigrants, with people who've recently moved here. I moved here a year ago. Am I really so defective as a human being that I I can't? I'm not allowed to have an opinion about the city I now live in, where I pay taxes. Give me a break. Um, it, it's it's garbage politics, and it's disappointing to hear a candidate who's meant to be of, of significant stature go that way. My feeling is, if Andrew Horvath wins, and she may well do, it won't be Doug Ford working with Doug Ford that's the issue. It's how she can work and whether she can work with the other people in her own council. And you know, I don't think this. That was always the question. Um, it's always the question of any provincial politician who comes to municipal level. Like, do they understand that this is a different kind of politics? Um, and, you know, evidence so far is Andrea does not get that whatsoever. The the thing that strikes me the most interesting about this uh, in Hamilton is exactly that, that point that you made about when Andrea threw her hat in the ring, everybody said, well, this is done. Andrea's got this in the bag. She's going to walk away with this. And you're right. The more she's the more she has uh, uh, had an opportunity to speak on on these, just speak a, a, as a candidate, the more I, I think people have kind of like said, you know, eh, not sure I'm comfortable with that. Um, at the when she first made her announcement, there was no policy announcement at all, and she said, "No, this is this is just my announcement. The policy will come later." Like your typical uh, pr- provincial politician playbook that. I'll be honest, it has not served her well because she's not the premier, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Um, but, you know, she, that, was, that was the playbook. Oh, it, the, it'll come later. And a lot of people say, well, we, we're eager to hear it. What are, your, what are your plans, Andrea? How are you going to, what do you, what do you what, where's your priorities for Hamilton? And she finally had a chance to present it. And a lot of people were underwhelmed. A lot of people said, there's nothing here. Um, give you know we've we've reached out to andrea to invite her onto this podcast say we'll give you a half hour to talk your your platform you know we had uh we did the same to uh keenan uh loomis as well as to to bob Bertina to have a you know an episode pretty much to themselves to talk hamilton mayorship keenan loomis was the only one who 
basically responded back and 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 you had the interview with him uh Roland. There, there's something to be said about yeah. like people have and I, I just want to finish off on this because I, I find that andrew's campaign has turned to a real again a real amateur hour because the if you think about it in the last 10 years what was the biggest factor affecting people in Toronto? And that was the price of housing. And where do they move? A lot of them move to Hamilton. A lot of those people that make up Hamilton right now are people who are not born in Hamilton. They were not, they're not from Hamilton. They have no roots in Hamilton, but they left Toronto or they left uh, someplace in the 905 and they moved to Hamilton. They said, I like this city. I like this. I like where my, my neighborhood is. I'm going to live here. I'm going to plant roots here. My kids are going to go to school here. And to have a Hamilton mayor, candidate i should say basically coming up to the microphone saying keenan you've only been here for 13 years you don't have a clue what's going on in hamilton you're not worthy to be mayor i think does her a disservice and does a lot of other people a disservice and quite frankly your city of five hundred thousand people more than that wake up like you're not you're not some small town where like all the strange all the people who don't look like us put them on the railroad and ship them out of town if you want to be a a world-class city a, a top-notch city in Hamilton or in Canada, stop with this, you're not one of us rhetoric. It's tiresome, it's old, it doesn't do anyone any good. I, I completely agree. I mean, I, and I will throw one other thing into the mix, which is that, oh, yeah, she's been MPP for Hamilton Centre for a very long time. And, and you know, I may have only just moved to Hamilton, but I've been involved in Hamilton area politics party politics in the past to a considerable level that's to the extent that you know i was involved in the party that was trying to run against a party leader in hamilton center and you know everyone understood that okay she's the party leader you're not going to see much of andrea in hamilton she's got other things to do and that's fine everybody got that the people who voted for her got it the people who were trying to run against her kind of got it too and it's like you know the, the ambition of I don't think they ever succeeded. The ambition of of the of the uh, opposition parties in Hamilton Centre was like, let's try and get Hamilton, Andrea to come to Hamilton Centre <laughs> because she doesn't need to, right? She's a party leader. The party leader's the last place that the party leader wants to be during a campaign is their riding. Um, and that, again, I'm not not criticizing for her, but 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 basically all this says is Andrea hasn't spent a whole lot of time in Hamilton because she was a party leader in Toronto. Uh, so it doesn't even hold water from that perspective. Um, so it, it's disappointing. I mean, again, there are no real polls at municipal level. Um, I mean, there are a few that float around sometimes. I haven't seen any polls for Hamilton, if there are any. Um, yeah, there were, there were actually some done by uh, Main Street Research. That's the outfit okay. run by Keto Maggie. Uh, it has some accuracy uh, at times, and sometimes it might be a bit off. But uh, they hmm. did some poll back in July and showed Andrea ahead. Right. Uh, or at least with a plurality but um i don't know at this point um i mean it's on my sub stack if you want to go look at it it's probably back in july or something but um i mean i, I yeah i would have expected her to be ahead in july but, I mean, but that was a snapshot uh, in july this is yeah. october we don't yeah i mean going by just i was driving around hamilton yesterday and and between stony creek and where i am in um uh closer to downtown so two very different parts of hamilton um uh, and there was a difference in the lawn signs um to an extent too uh, there were, i don't think you'll find a whole lot of bob bratinas around downtown there were quite there were a bunch of bratinas out in in stony creek that's who he's playing to he's playing to the suburbs um andrea and keenan have played to 
the, the more urban part of the city. Um, however, it wasn't, you know, if lawn signs mean anything, which they don't, they don't, but they do a little bit, um, Keenan and Andrea are, are quite close. Um, and Bob Bettina, I would say, is in a good third place. Now, that's 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 a very poor. Um... I think I think you're you're accurate on that one because I mean, if you go on on social media, and that's really the only poll we can have at this point, honestly, mm-hmm. there seems to be a shift away from Andrea that I've noticed online. That you know, the 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 attitude is we, you know, we, we're tired of the old. And Andrea has kind of painted herself. She's clearly aligned herself with I'm. I am a trusted face that you can rely on to be mayor of Hamilton. And I'm not sure that's going to serve her well this time around because I think there. there if you look at the look at the the writing on the wall, a lot of the old guard that were in Hamilton City Council voluntarily said, "I'm not running for re-election. I'm. I've seen. I see the writing on the wall. I'm walking away. I don't want that defeat." And Andrea seems to be kind of running on this. I, I'm the trusted face of yesteryear that you can rely on to get you through tomorrow's troubles. And I'm not sure that's flying with a lot of people in Hamlet who there's a big drive to have, uh, you know, just we want new ideas and we do want new blood in that city hall. Um, hey, uh, yeah. And a, and a final sort of thing on that note is, is uh, I mean, I don't know. I still would put her in in the. I was still if I was laying bets, um, you know. I would. Well, if I was if I was paying out on bets, I would not be giving long odds on on uh, Andrea Horbeth. I think she's probably the favourite. But I, uh, I again, I can only speak as I find. I have found that Keenan Loomis has talked about the issues throughout this campaign, and the other candidates haven't. Uh, Andrew Hall, it does seem Andrew Hall, this has kind of gone against the tone that we're looking for. Like it's time for a change of a change of everything at Hamilton City Hall. Like like let's get some young, fresh blood in there. And, and maybe she's misunderstood that she's not. You know, she used to be the young the young gun of the NDP, uh, running against the old guys in the in the old parties. And maybe she's not properly understood that that's not how she's really perceived anymore. You know, standing when she stood on on that podium with Sheila Copps, it's like that is a terrible image for your campaign right at the start to to wheel out. I'm sorry to wheel out Sheila Copps, who is, you know, the the oldest grandee you could not old in years, but but in terms of the Copps name in Hamilton, it's it's everything that is about old Hamilton is wrapped up in that cop's name uh, and in and in Sheila Cop's career in, in kind of the old politics of the old Liberal Party back in the Chrétien years and before. Um, you know, it... it you she's know, running, she's I, running if I was running her case. campaign, I'm not sure I would have been too enthusiastic about, about mm-hmm. having Sheila Cop's stand next to my candidate. You know what? Why don't we leave it at that for this episode? Because uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of other... <laughs> Other things to get our, our blood boiling over in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, Alan, once again, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you on and uh, and to keep an eye on those stories in the 905 that tend to slip through our, slip past our gaze, I should say. Yeah, no problem, uh, Joel. Roland, thank you. Thanks so much. Cheers. All right. <laughs> That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, 
info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.